0: thank you so much for listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. I'm Jonquil Newland, the director of Kids Central TN. On this episode of Roots and Wings, we're highlighting a program out of the East Tennessee area called the Grandparents as Parents program. Now, grandparents and other relatives have a very long tradition of being the foundation that keeps families together. Now, it's very likely that you know someone who is raising a grandchild or another family member. Now, take these numbers into consideration. Across Across the nation, 2.7 million grandparents are raising their grandchildren here in Tennessee. That's 11% of children across the state live with a grandparent or a relative. So that's about 77,000 grandparents raising young children. So let's talk a little bit more about why this happens and what kind of resources are available for those grandparents. Tracy Vandevate is the program manager of the Knoxville-Knox County Grandparents as Parents program, which is a part of the Community Action Committee's Office on Aging. Tracy, thank you so much for being a guest on Roots and Wings.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And thank you, I just want to also say, for making the trek from Knoxville. <laughs> I, I know you're here for other business, yeah. but it's wonderful to be able to talk about this specifically. So let's just dive right in. Tracy, why are so many grandparents raising young children, and have you seen those numbers change throughout your career?
1: Well, like you mentioned before, before in your introduction that uh, grandparents raising their grandchildren is a tradition, so it uh, has been long in history that grandparents have raised their grandchildren. Uh, President Clinton and President Obama were both raised by their grandchildren by their grandparents. Uh, Oprah and Carol Burnett uh, were uh, raised by their grandmothers and uh, spent time uh, in their grandmother's homes. And It's interesting that George Washington and Martha Washington raised two of their grandchildren. So famous grandparents. Uh, so, grandfamilies holding that family together has been a long tradition. I think the U.S. Census has been counting this uh, grandfamilies since uh, the year 2000. So this. This upcoming census count is real important, and I think we'll see a rise in grand families. Um, we know that uh, the U.S. Census has been telling us that grand families, that the children that are living with grand families, has been undercounted. So I think we might see a rise in children also. Um, so we're, you know, we're looking at those numbers and. The real reason the the reason that we see in East Tennessee that people tell us that primarily that they're raising their grandchildren or they're in that parenting role is because of substance abuse. The opioid epidemic has brought about this in great numbers and um, in Tennessee we're seeing uh, the prescription pills decrease but we're seeing other illicit drugs increase so we're still not, we're not changing the outcome as far as grandfamilies, uh, it's just changing to different types of substances that, that we're seeing for families um, dealing with that kind of things. But uh, grandparents they um, they may have a child incarcerated. They may have a child that's died. Uh, in our program, we have uh, a couple of families that the children have died of health consequences. Um, one uh, is a death from uh, complications like diabetes. Um, the, she died at an early age, and so the grandparents are raising her child. So there's, there's all sorts of reasons, but neglect, abuse, abandonment, deployment, agreement is a reason and deportation in some areas we don't see a lot of that in East Tennessee, but deportation in other parts of the country is a reason why families uh, are raising their grandchildren.
0: You know, and and you're the first time you actually said the word "grandfamilies." I have to admit, Tracy, that was my first time hearing that term. But it makes a lot of sense. Why do you think it wasn't until 2010 that grandfamilies began getting counted into the census? And and that's because based on the census, resources get allocated because of that.
1: Oh. Yes, <laughs> right. yes, and so you want to be counted. So be counted. Stand up and be counted for the U.S. Census and the upcoming census. But um, I... I don't know when uh, people started calling them grand families, and we, when we say grand families, we mean every type of relative caregiver family. We just sort of pull it all together. We know that there's lots of aunts and uncles and siblings that are caring uh, for family members' child too, and we're not leaving them out. We're just we're we just hugging everybody together in that that one term. And I think Generations United was one of the leaders, and, and I think it came out. Kind of out of a national level, calling them grand families. so uh, but yes, the u s census, I think it's important because we have these different household structures. And if you're not looking at the the structure of the grandparent taking care of the grandchild, then and you're leaving that, out, you're leaving a, a very important um a family relationship uh where the grandparents are being the parents in many cases and if you don't count them then then how are we going to get resources to them because they are picking up the pieces of uh, a lot of them are picking up the pieces from the opioid epidemic and, and substance abuse uh, that's happening across the country
0: that's kind of I mean, we've we've been calling it an opioid epidemic only for the last couple of years. Right. Um, and that that's I'm guessing Kind of when you guys have seen just the dramatic increase in, in grandparents raising children as well is that correct?
1: Well, our program has been around for twenty years, so um, and I think you know, with uh, substance abuse, I think the substances have just changed. So in East Tennessee, we had a real big math problem, and then it's it's sort of it's sort of shifted to this opioid. But it's now shifting away from the pills into more heroin, which I know heroin is an opioid, but it's you know heroin based and and other illicit drugs and and then and we have almost stopped talking about alcohol alcohol abuse and alcohol addiction is very um it's still a, a major problem. I, I just don't think we see as many alcohol poisoning deaths mm-hmm. as we do uh, drug overdoses. And I think that's why we're getting more attention with the drug overdoses and less attention on the alcohol. But a lot of alcoholic um, families that, that have a child, the grandparents raising them. and. So we tend to forget that. We leave that out because we see the, the opioids are highlighting the newspaper everywhere, every day. Mm-hmm. But that's still, uh, the, the alcohol is still a big.
0: In the list of of kind of situations that mean a parent, a grandparent rather, might be raising their grandchildren more often, um, you've listed quite a few and they're all somewhat heartbreaking. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, does that impact the grandparents who are raising these children? Are there resources given to these families who might be dealing with some type of, as you mentioned, a crisis of some type, a traumatic crisis? Um, What kind of resources and help are there for those grandparents who are now having to raise more
1: children? so the there is in the state of tennessee there is the relative caregiver programs across the state and they can do case management and come into your home and and help you that way uh families can apply for TANF uh and uh you would want to apply for the family first grant but you would want to apply for the child only grant that most families would be eligible for Uh, we try to connect families to snap benefits um Because food is one of the things of food insecurity is something that a lot of families call about. You may be living uh, on Social Security, and all of a sudden you now have a 17-year-old boy in your home, and you're going through several gallons of milk a week. Mm. (laughs) And so uh, food food insecurity is... um, for us in East Tennessee, we see that housing is also an issue. You may live in a single-bedroom apartment. You you all of a sudden get three children. Your house is not suitable for uh, three children anymore. In East Tennessee, in the Knoxville area, affordable housing is very difficult to find. There's just not enough of it. In Smithville, Tennessee, there is a unique... Uh, uh, program uh, I think there's eight units condo units for grand families and it's specifically designed for that and so across the country we're seeing a few more opportunities for grand family type housing that that is specifically made for somebody maybe 50 or 60 and that their grandchildren can come and live them which is very unique and we're hoping to see more of that across the state and across the country
0: and that's you it's Interesting, you mentioned that Tracy. I, I recall in my former journalism days. I had met uh, a couple, a, a grand couple. I, I'd like to, to call them, and a, part of a grand family, I should say. But they were having an issue because they lived in a retirement community where kids were not allowed. Right. And that uh, does that is that something that you see often, where those situations can kind of.
1: We see that uh, fairly often, and uh, people get evicted. <laughs> we we've had. People to get evicted because they're trying to sneak their grandchildren and sort of make it like they're not living there, but they're just sort of staying there for a few days. But they they you know they're breaking the rules, so they get kicked out or evicted from uh, wherever they're living. So yes, we do we do see that. That's uh, unfortunate. And uh, because a lot of times we don't have immediate places to direct grand grand families to go to, and with the different kinds of housing resources, there's a wait. Um, now there would be if you were older and you had multiple children. There might be less of a wait, but still there there could be several months waiting on on a list to try to get. The uh, proper type housing that you would need.
0: Wow, well said. I, I honestly, as I was kind of making notes and thinking about this, housing was not something that came to the top my, of my head until you mentioned it. Um, so I'm glad you spoke about that. When you did also mention um, a few ages, is there an average of an average age of these grandparents who are raising young children? Is, do you know if they're over 75, under 60, around
1: that age? Uh, nationally, it's uh, 60% are under 60. Gotcha. So that means that probably a lot of the grandparents are still in the workforce. If you're under 60, you, you you may still be in the workforce. So they may end up having to change their retirement plans to work longer. We have families that have retired and that we have seniors looking for part-time jobs, which um, we had a gentleman um, take get a part-time job and he injured himself the first week because, you know, he just wasn't physically able to do the work. And um, so it didn't, you know, that kind of situation didn't necessarily uh, work out. And trying to find a job when you're older is very difficult. Um, We know that um, companies tend to want to push you out. I mean, and I don't, I don't, you know, that sounds awful, but companies, you tend to get older, they can find somebody to do your job cheaper, you know, a younger person to come in. So, and so we find families kind of in the middle, they, they might be being pushed out, they might be ready for retirement, and now they have these children, and what are they going to do? So they're, they're upending their lives, or they're putting things on hold, and uh, a lot of change and a lot of loss um, for them.
0: There are a lot of negative stereotypes around aging in general. You mentioned the workforce. What other stereotypes or what other challenges, uh, maybe I should say it that way, what other challenges are facing many grandparents who are raising younger children?
1: Well, if you're looking at ageism, then in the schools, I think uh, it is our families tend to have difficulty, especially the older that they are. If you are in your 70s and you have maybe a kindergartner or a first grader, you don't look like the typical parent coming in. And that I think that confuses maybe people. And so I don't think it's anything on purpose that people – to sort of exclude uh you know maybe older people but you're not going to look like the typical 20 something 30 something mom in that classroom Uh, a lot of our families uh, don't have access to uh being online and the internet they don't have smartphones Mm -hmm. and uh in schools, uh, in in our area, everything's online. They push out grades that way. Teachers email you. Um, um, they have all different, and teachers have all different kinds of apps so you can watch things that are happening in the classroom. Well, if you don't have access to things like that, then you're kind of left out. And one thing that I think some of our teachers forget and administration is forget that People of maybe in their 70s and 80s don't drive, and they don't drive at night. So it's really difficult sometimes for our grandfamilies to get back to the school for a school event. And so sometimes I think they think well they don't care and it's not that they don't care it's that they have barriers to get over and that you don't understand the barriers that they have uh, to to get over that and schools changed Uh, some of our families are like well my kid is 40 years old so it's been you know 30 years since I had to work with the school system and uh, access to getting in the schools used to you could just walk into school and now um, in in our county, you have to buzz in, you have to show ID, you uh, have to go to the front office, you have to sign in, and, you know, you're not going to get to just walk to your teacher's classroom anymore. Not That's not how it used to be, so... I, I can definitely see that as an issue. And I also wonder, too, from time to
0: time, especially for these grandparents who may be a little disassociated with the online world, um, does that does that put a barrier sometimes between them and their grandchildren who are probably
1: very on top of whatever technology is going on? I think it can put a barrier. Uh, we try to uh, educate our grandparents on technology, whether they have it or not. Um, and uh, while we don't, try to tell them what to do. Uh, you know, some of them, you know, buy their kids these real expensive phones. It seems very early. And um, we say you really need to have control over that device because, you know, while it can do lots of good things, it can do lots of harm too. And I uh, put kids in, uh, you know, very difficult situations just having the phone. So I think they struggle with that. They want their kids to be like everybody else. And they want them to participate just like everybody else. They don't want them to stand out. They're very proud that they can do this, but at the same time, technology can be a barrier. Except, I do have some families that they are very technology savvy. I don't know how they got so tech savvy, <laughs> but they are very technology uh, savvy, and they they really they they've got their kids on lockdown, you know, with their phones and stuff. So it is a challenge for families for lots of different reasons. Yeah,
0: well said Tracy. Uh, I know you've worked very closely with grandparents in your time with the program. Do you believe raising young children can help give them a sense of purpose or do you think it already has?
1: for most of our families they tell us that it has given them a sense of purpose and they have t- some families have even told us that they they feel like their health has improved yeah. and which is kind of amazing but if you were not being engaged before mm-hmm. and now you have to get up you have to get people dressed and ready for school and you may you may even drive them to school if you can uh, you participate in their activities, and a lot of grandparents are very protective of their grandchildren. So uh, some of our families, you know, they're sitting, waiting on that school bell to ring half an hour before the kid is going to come Barreling through that door, but they were sitting there waiting that half an hour because they they want that child to know that I am here and I'm going to pick you up every day after school. So that sense of purpose is just, uh, it gets, it pushes people and it motivates them to do a lot for their grandchildren. The unfortunate part, I think, of some, sometimes is that they forget to take care of themselves that they're so involved with their grandchildren and making sure that their grandchildren are going in the direction that they feel like they need to be in that they forget about taking care of their own health and they uh, don't take their medications and they don't go to the doctor when they're supposed to because their grandson may have a soccer game and they you know they they just sort of said well I'll do that later and so you know, we try to say, we want you to take care of yourself because if you don't, who's going to take care of your grandchild? You know, what's your plan B? And some don't have have a very good plan B. Um, they were the plan B. And now that they don't have anything. So we really try to emphasize to, for them to take care of their health.
0: I wonder, too, um, if, if having to be active, though, also helps. You, you did mention motivate them, but does it make them more physically active as well does it do you find any help in that regard or is it just stress <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I think uh, I, I think they're you know uh, we've uh, we have some grandparents that show up to everything that that we can do and they're there uh, struggling to carry their you know bag chairs and they're just going to participate all the way and uh uh I don't know if it makes them more active, but it seems like it does. I think it makes them more socially engaged, uh, whether it's a school event or whether it's a grandparent-as-parent event or a senior event. I think think getting out there, that they know they have to get out there and get involved— that it they become a little bit more socially engaged, um, and a lot do tell us that they feel isolated. You know, they maybe have been doing other things before, and they can't necessarily do those things now with children, because people tend not to e- accept children in maybe those those senior groups that, that they may have been in, and uh, children aren't appropriate for those types of activities that they were they were doing. So they kind of that maybe they had formed a social group. And now they're sort of on the outside of that social group. And I we're hoping that Grandparents as Parents gives them another way to build a, 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 and participate into social activities for themselves, for their health. And so the grandparents need to be socially active, too, for their health. Just speaking about the Grandparents as Parents program, I'd like to kind of
0: dive a little deeper into exactly, are you guys, um would you say the program kind of connects people with the resources that are available? Or does the Grandparents as Parents program specifically provide those resources for those for those grand families?
1: For the most part, we could provide connection to resources. Um, we are very fortunate that we have a case manager now, and we do have a, a, a small amount of funds that we can provide some sort of direct payment for resources, maybe to help uh, a family get stabilized in housing by paying a deposit or paying a utility bill. Uh, but those are very small amount of funds that we probably won't have forever. And uh, so we're using them uh, you know, as quickly as we possibly can because they're going to go away soon. We know that. Um, but we connect families to lots of resources, whether it's child care that they need, or we can help uh, communicate with the school if they would like us to, uh, or a guidance counselor if they need. We can help connect them to respite care resources or uh, legal resources uh, housing resources so any kind anything that they call in and ask about if we don't have a connection then we work to try to get one
0: well said I know when people or listeners are going to listen to this they're going to be like oh you know that probably sounds really good but they're in Knox County if can any do they have to be a Knox County resident to reach out no Um, gotcha
1: so you can reach out to us Anywhere you are in the United States. Now we might not be able to to directly help you, but I'm gonna try to connect you to something in your state or your area. So if you call us from Davidson County, then we're gonna connect you to resources in Davidson County. And we're gonna we're gonna make that connection for you and try to get you tapped in where you need to be. If you want to get our newsletter, you're certainly welcome. You can we can take anybody in the state of Tennessee. We enroll people, and so we can take that. boot. you're probably you're going to probably look at our newsletter and say, "Hey, it's things around East Tennessee." Yes, it is. But I always try to put. Um, I, an article or something in the newsletter that I feel pertains to grand families, So that may be of interest to you. Maybe you're going to come to East Tennessee and you're like, hey, I think I'll drop in on one of these events that they're having. And that you're certainly always welcome to do that. Most of our programming that we have for grandparents is open to the public. We have very little that is just uh, closed to grand families only.
0: Wow. And thank you so much for, for clearing that up, because I know people are going to probably hear this and think, I really would like to check it out, Uh, but knowing it's an East Tennessee program, I just want to make sure everyone's clear that anybody can reach out. Anybody can reach out. Well said. Now, we talked a lot about grandparents so far. Let's talk about the kids. Are there benefits to children that you've seen who are being raised by their grandparents? Oh,
1: yes. Uh, And there's quite a bit of research about uh, children that stay within their families, that they tend to thrive. They tend to have better educational outcomes, better grades, better behavior in school, better behavior at home. They culturally identify. Uh, They say that they feel more loved, uh, that they feel like they belong. So uh, children have probably faced either a negative experience with their own parents, Uh, even a deployment is is a negative experience. Your parent is away from you. Most children want to be with their parents. No matter even if it was a terrible situation with their parents, they tend to want to be with their parents. I think that's just a natural response for people. Um, But being within your own family unit somehow, whether it's with a grandparent or an aunt or even a sibling, uh, tends to be better for children and um, children really attached to their grandparents they may have been attached way attached to them before but we see them when they're together they're real attuned to their grandparents and because they're their parents now and and especially those that have been kids that are just new that maybe are a few weeks into it maybe not yet, but those that have been there for maybe a few years with their grandparents, they've got a rhythm, they've got a structure and uh, that they've worked out over those years. It's really hard if your grandparent has been your grandma or your grandpa and you went over there for the weekends and you got to eat ice cream for breakfast, right? Well, now if you're living with them, that has changed because there are rules, and you're not going to eat ice cream seven days a week. So that's unfortunate, uh, but
0: a little bit of a culture shock for some of the children, I'm sure.
1: Yes, yes. So, it, but children tend to do tend to do to be- do better if they are with uh, a family member and that it makes sense. I mean, the, fam- you know, the grandparents are holding the family together and it makes sense that you stay within your family structure, you know, if it's, if it's possible. Sometimes, unfortunately, we know it's not possible and uh, foster care is, is sometimes uh, the option and sometimes it's the better option uh, for that child. And uh, I think in the state. Day- Uh, We do a really good job with our foster care uh, children. I know that... You know, it's it's not always perfect, and it's not always what families want to do, but sometimes that is the best option.
0: Uh, when we talk about children in foster care or foster care in general, there is a little bit of a negative stereotype that can come with it. Right. Uh, people automatically assume that child's been through a lot, and typically they have. Uh, but then there's judgment on the family as well, and, and I wish there was less of that.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. So in grandparents, I will have to say, grandparents as parents is one place where people can call in, and we're not going to judge you. We know that your situation may be awful, but we're not, you know, whatever you tell us, we're not going to judge and we're not, we're going to listen to your story and, and we're going to encourage you and, and, um, try to make your journey a little bit easier. But, uh, judgment is one of the things that we're not supposed to have. And when I hired in, that was one of the first things that I was told. It's a judgment-free zone, um, with this program.
0: Thank you for adding that. And speaking of, you mentioned the the phrase call-in. So I'm going to ask, Tracy, is there any type of uh, hotline or is there only business hours where you can call? Or if someone, a grandparent hears this and it's like, well, I need some resources and help. What's the easiest and best way to get a hold of you guys?
1: I wish there was a hotline. That's a good <laughs> idea. So maybe we'll start thinking about that. Um, uh, you can call us at 865-524-2786. Uh, you can email our office, which is um, at uh, our website is KnoxSeniors.org. Uh, uh, we do have our grandparents' parents' guidebook online, so you can access that at KnoxSeniors.org uh, online, and you can check that out. But you can email us through our website. Um, you can give us a call. We're on Facebook, so I guess you can Facebook us if you want to. <laughs> uh, whatever works for uh, works for you. Uh, that we'll you know we'll try to get back with you is, is, uh, we're a small operation, but we, I think we kind of managed to get back to everybody within one business.
0: How has the team uh, that you work with grown since you've been a part of the program?
1: Well, it was a team of one (laughs) 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 and we grew last year to a team of two and, uh, Stokes is our case manager. And we're thrilled to have a case manager because she can go in home and, uh, work with families, uh, uh, more directly and uh, so that's just been wonderful and unfortunately she's restricted to knox county but again if you need case management and you need that extra help then there are relative caregiver programs all across the state so you can always we can always get you tapped in to those programs as well and um, and then we have an awesome volunteer And she is a grandparent raising a grandchild. Her grandchild's 24. She's been raising him since he was very young. And uh, she comes in one day a week. In fact, today was her day, Tuesday. She comes in and works one day a week, and she has increased our enrollment by 35%.
0: Just her alone.
1: Just her alone. Just calling, calling people up and talking to them on the phone, and then saying, "Would you like to enroll? We'll send you a newsletter." You know, we we would love to have you in our program. We'd love for you to come to some of our our meetings or events that we're having so and i think i hear her sometimes crying on the phone with when families are telling their story and she can she can relate she can uh she is um connected to them and she understands because she struggles with her grandson even though he's 24 just like they're struggling uh, in their journey, and and some of their journeys align, so she can say, "This is what I have done," and and you know, you'll make it through. Yeah, and I think it's also
0: important for wh- whoever the family member is that she's speaking to. I'm sure there's some type of appreciation that someone's listening, and someone appears to be caring.
1: Yes, I think I think so, and it's it's interesting. I don't have any grandchildren of my own, so I'm I'm. I, I understand, though, some of the struggles that people have because I don't think anybody gets a freebie when you have children that you don't have issues and struggles with your children. And um, so I can understand some of those issues. Um, but uh, when sometimes I, ha- I do have grandfamilies that just call in to talk. That's all they want. They, <laughs> they, just, want talk. You to, they just want to <laughs> unload just a little bit, you know, and... Um, And really the dream is for most grandfamilies, if it's at all possible, is they want their kids to straighten up, get it together, and take their children back and raise their children. That's what they want. If that's at all possible, that's the dream. And um, occasionally that happens. I saw a grandmother Saturday, and I said, well, how's it going? Because her grandchild went back with mom. And she says, it's better. It's not great, it's not perfect, but it's better. And I see him on the weekends. She's still in our program because we know that he may come back to her, that um, that we see families, they'll have the children for six months, a year. The kids straighten themselves out, especially if it's substance abuse. doesn't last very long. They turn around and come back. So... We, um, we do see that. So, she gave me a big hug, and but she wanted to sit down to with me at this event and and just have a mm-hmm. have a talk session. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was good to see her, and uh, and I said, why don't you, you know, come on and come to some other things that we're doing too. We'd like to have you. So we we're very open to, um, even though the. The children have gone back to their parents, that you can stay in our program because we know it might not be the end of that particular journey for you.
0: And in so many cases, as you mentioned, Tracy, especially with addiction or substance abuse, um, there's always going to be some type of relapse at least once.
1: I, I think so. I mean, it's very highly likely. In uh, uh, looking at uh, some of the data and listening to uh, different experts talk, the last expert that i heard said medical doctor said that um, that it was an average of 7 rehab visits for people to stay clean and so it, this is this is a hard if you're addicted it's hard to kick and um, it's a struggle it's a struggle for families to understand that that it may rear its ugly head again and again and again and so that fear that it may keep you know that their child may be in this addiction and recovery is going to be a lifelong journey for them is um is sometimes very hard to understand and um but you know, we try to say there's hope out there. We know people have done it. They've gotten clean. They've stayed that way, and they've taken back their lives, and and they've gotten their children back, and they're doing wonderfully. And, and that's what we want. You know, if at all possible, that's what we want to happen for families. Definitely,
0: in a perfect world, Tracy, for sure. And as you mentioned, I hope that begins to happen a little bit more often as well. I too. <laughs> uh, well, I really want to thank you so much uh, for for coming and being a guest on Roots and Wings. Is there anything I did not ask you, Tracy, that you want to make sure our listeners know about about grandparents as parents program or anything else?
1: Well, I just wanted to uh, say I appreciate you uh, raising this issue and uh, supporting grand families across the state of Tennessee there are so many out there and we know that there's going to be more and you never know when you're gonna walk into this particular situation people will say I didn't know there was anything out there like this to help to help people and I said that's because you didn't need us you weren't looking for us at that time so you didn't need us so we hope people will share not only our program But other programs across the state with their neighbors and the people that they go to church with, because the struggle for looking for a program, I think, is very real for families. And sometimes they're just like, oh, I finally found somebody that can point me in the right direction, is what they're so grateful for. So. I, you know I appreciate that um, that you see this as an issue for our state it's actually an issue for our country uh, right now and uh, and we're not the only country that sees this by the way Australia and Canada countries in Europe are seeing the same trends and the grand families that are just increasing so but thank you for for um, uh, letting me come and, and share with you about my program and just about grandfamilies and uh, wanting to, I want to connect. I want to talk to everybody. I want to hear everybody's story. So.
0: <laughs> well, now <laughs> you know, everyone, Tracy <laughs> is willing and ready to take your calls. That's right. <laughs> uh, and thank you. I just want to also say, and I appreciate you saying that, and I, I'm happy to help, but I also want to say to any of our listeners who happen to be one of those grandparents who, is, who are raising grandchildren, thank you for your work and and your dedication to to the children Children. They, are, they are our future, and um, and yeah, they need help. They need support. They do. They do. Uh, thank you so much, Tracy, and thank you so much to our listeners. We'll see you again next month. I'm Jonquil Newland.